welcome to ASIC View, the official ASIC podcast. On today's episode, I'll be joined by ASIC Chairman Greg Medcraft to talk about culture, its importance to the industry, and what ASIC is doing about it. Greg, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for uh, having me here, Andrew. Let's start with the basics. What does ASIC mean when it talks about culture? Well, when we talk about culture, we actually talk about the mindset of the firm. And in fact, the, the law does define culture. It defines it as an attitude, a policy, a rule, a course of conduct or practice. In effect, it's the mindset of the firm. So why is culture such an important uh, thing to ASIC? Why, why are we worried about the mindset of a firm? Well, clearly the mindset of the firm, what we've found is that the culture often results, if it's a poor culture, it's often pretty closely linked to a poor outcome for consumers. And what we're all about is making sure that consumers can actually have trust and confidence in the financial system. So that is a key driver often of poor behavior. So culture is sort of the, uh, it's, it's, it's the driving factor behind the outcomes that ASIC so often has to regulate. Yeah, we, we see you know, poor culture as a very key risk to often resulting in poor outcomes for consumers. And we want them to have trust and confidence. So if, if culture is driving poor outcomes, then we really think that focusing on culture, what that driver is, is very important in terms of informing us when we undertake surveillance. So what, tell us a little bit about what ASIC is doing and, and what, what ASIC is able to do about culture. Well, at the end of the day, we, we're taking a, essentially, I call it a, a sort of a two-pronged approach. So on the positive side, you know, we're engaging with boards and uh, where we see poor culture evident and perhaps a large bank in a particular division, uh, we highlight we, with the board and we elevate that and we say, look, you've got a problem and we want to work with you to resolve it. And I think that that is important. Secondly, more broadly, uh, you know, we are talking to companies about culture and saying to them, well, actually, you should care not just about uh, having the right culture to comply with the law, actually you should have a good culture because good culture is frankly good for business. Most people want to work for a company with a good culture. Secondly, if you think about it, if you have a poor culture, you end up with some issues where you end up paying, having to recompensate consumers or uh, it affects you, the bottom line, that's bad. And then thirdly, and most importantly, when we live in a digital age, where your reputation, uh, you, you, you can actually get through very quickly if you've done the wrong thing with social media, then frankly, at the end of the day, it can affect the value of the firm. So we, we think there's also a broader issue about being positive about having a good cust- culture that puts the customer first. And we see this happening with many financial firms at the moment, actually focusing on the customer first, the customer experience on the, if you want, the negative side, um, we are focusing, as I say, on you know looking at those firms which actually we think uh, where they we do see indicators of poor culture, and, and that obviously you know sort of guides us in terms of our surveillance, uh, and ultimately uh, potentially where we identify things and therefore enforcement. So there's sort of red flags in terms of where ASIC is focusing its attention. So if you've got an indicator of a poor culture, then you're more likely, I suppose, to come under regulatory action for a variety of reasons. That's correct. I mean, often companies go, it's just a matter of a few bad apples. Well, seriously, if there's so many bad apples, you've got to start thinking, 
is there a fundamentally a problem with the tree? Yeah. And therefore, we need to think about the tree. Yeah, that leads in, into my next question, which is who ASIC thinks bears the most responsibility for, for a firm's culture? Is it the, the employees or the, the higher-ups? Look, I think a firm's culture is responsibility of everybody. That's important. It's something that everybody you know, should be living and, and trying to make sure they're doing the right thing. But obviously, culture starts at the top. It starts at, at the board. The board sets the, the, the direction of the company. Um, and then it needs to make sure that it cascades through the through the firm. And, you know, it's not easy. Like, you know, having a right culture is not easy. You've got to be constantly challenging yourself. Um, you've got to have, you've got to be trying to think about how you measure how your culture is. And that often means trying to reach out to external parties to sort of measure what people really think of you. Think of, just measure independently what your employees are, are thinking of the culture in the firm. So again, it's not easy. Um, how you treat whistleblowers, people who see the wrong thing happening, do they get, are they celebrated, are they rewarded? Um, so it's, you know, but it is really important because it's this is not just about a regulator looking over his shoulder. It's actually more broadly about having a business that actually consumers can trust and have confidence in particularly now where so many businesses do get disrupted by uh, digital innovation. Do you think that firms that are looking to create a good culture should be rewarding their employees for sort of living up to the values of, of that culture? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That, you know, those that, that actually do the right thing um, should be rewarded um, and should be celebrated. Um, and clearly those that do the wrong thing should equally be penalised, particularly... If they don't, if they basically don't live up to the sort of culture that you're looking for, and and basically the culture and the values of, of the firm, and that that I think is really where many companies' mindset um, is heading these days. Well, that's very positive. What uh, when it does go wrong, and and uh, and where you see ASIC sees bad culture, uh, what enforcement action is available to it? Well, you know, as I say, you, you can't regulate culture, but as I say, we see it as, as a, a risk indicator. And generally what we find is uh, where we pursue that as an indicator, we go and undertake surveillance. Often we find misconduct, and clearly when we find misconduct, uh, we'll seek to enforce the law. So uh, if you want to grab our intention, um, then possibly having a, a poor culture is something you probably want to avoid. But... Again, I'll emphasise as a broader message here um, is that good culture is actually good for business, it's good for your employees, and it's good for the value of the firm. Do you think, that, and this is a question without notice, do you think that bad culture is tends to come from the desire for short-term gain? Because obviously bad culture doesn't happen just for no reason. Mm. You know, people can see profits or they can see, you know, extra bonuses for themselves. Do you think that while ASIC argues that you know good culture is better in the, the long term, there, there are those short-term elements that might attract people in creating a bad culture? Oh, look, you know, the long term is a series of short terms. And yep. at the end of the day, I think that, frankly, in a, in a digital world, um, actually, you need to be thinking, you know, if you want trust, trust and confidence is actually something that is a hard-won uh, thing but lost very fast. Mm -hmm. So I think, frankly, uh, that having that right culture, particularly today where things can change very quickly, you can be disrupted 
extremely quickly if there's a loss of trust and confidence because the message gets out pretty quickly. And I will think recount what's happened recently with Volkswagen where we saw basically that issue of trust and confidence um, really uh, hit the firm very hard in terms of the, the value of the company. You know, and how long will it take them to regain, if ever, that trust and confidence? So I think that uh, you should take a long-term view uh, in terms of building the right culture in your company because, again, I think today things have, have irrefutably changed, particularly with digital uh, digital in- in disruption and cl- also with social media. Yeah, things can go downhill very, very, very quickly. Very quickly, very quickly. <laughs> in this day and age. Now, uh, obviously, you know, we can't just talk a good game. What is What is ASIC doing internally? To, to address culture within the organisation? Well, clearly culture, you know, I think, uh, you know, we don't just talk about it for third parties. Um, we we actually measure our culture uh, every two years. We have a, a star, independent staff survey that to just allows us to sort of see what people are thinking. And we use that as a management tool to then you know, dig down into the results to where we see to identify particular problems in the organisation and we deal with it. But also, we we actually have very clear values, accountability, uh, professionalism, and teamwork. And they really guide the staff on everything we do, how we deal internally with each other, but also, most importantly, how we deal with stakeholders. And also, it, we don't just talk about it, we integrate that into our performance management system. So, you know, basically our system of performance management is actually what I call the three Bs, which is, you know, your business plan, your budget, and your behavior as reflected in our values. So it's, it's really integrated into everything we do, our values, and, and it's, it is challenged. I mean, we encourage people to talk up, speak up. One of the things I do, and I said earlier about making sure that you actually reach out as much as you can to the front line, um, you know, we clearly do stakeholder surveys to measure what people, third parties are thinking of, our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. But also, one of the things I do as chairman is six times a year I actually have lunch um, with more junior and middle level staff to basically let them speak their mind as to what they think is uh, is happening in the organisation and uh, any concerns. So there is, there is not a single way of making sure that your culture is working and it's still probably an evolving uh, area, but you know we do we really do focus on having the right culture and and living some of the things, most of the things that we talk about are what we try to do as an organisation. But nobody's perfect, of course. Yes, absolutely. Greg, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure, Andrew. Thank you very much. Great opportunity. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at ASIC Media. Thanks so much for listening. 